The Paladins of Ultron is a part of the Soon to Be Named Network and the Transmissions Podcast Network. Check them out at soon to be named network.com and transmissionspodcast.com. Welcome to the Paladins of Voltron, an unofficial podcast about the Netflix original series, Voltron Legendary Defender. I'm Jeremy, and with me as always is Jason. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. I didn't bring a coffee mug up to my face. I didn't distract you <laughs> in any way. We're all good. All right. So uh, this week we will be discussing the final episode of season three, The Legend Begins. Uh, but before we get into that, I'd like to remind you, if you'd like to send us feedback, you know, just leave us a comment on the webpage for this post or email us feedback at povpodcast.com or on Twitter at POV underscore podcast or Facebook POV podcast or on YouTube. Just search for Paladins of Ultron or POV podcast. It, subscribe to us, please, so we can get that alias. Yeah, please. <laughs> um. So this episode was directed by Eugene Lee and written by Tim Hedrick. And uh, it is a slightly different episode, so we'll get into that later. But uh, the summary of this episode, um, we see Hagar apologizing to the comatose Zarkon for what she's about to do. But the imp his empire is in need of competent leadership and she does some magical thing and touches his face. And then she sees all these memories of his time as a Voltron paladin on the castle ship. Shiro is also demanding to know the full history of Voltron and Koran goes into it. He, um, and we, we see the early paladins that were just in agreement of five leaders led by Alphor and Zarkon that protected the universe from threats. After a victory, the Paladins had returned to Zarkon's homeworld of Dibazal to celebrate. During the, their victory dinner, a comet flies overhead and crashes into the planet. Alphor examines the comet, and, the comet and discovers that it's made of a material that can pass through realities. When they move the comet, they also discovered a portal to another reality. Alfor has called in his chief alchemist, Honerva, to come in and examine the rift. Zarkon and Honerva worked together for years on Dibazal, examining the rift, the rift and the quintessence that it's putting out, and eventually they marry. They discover that quintessence is an almost un unending energy source. Alfor is also discovering um, himself that using the metal from the comet to make some ships, he says that they're practically engineering themselves. As um, Alfor, Honerva, and Zarkon are, are discussing all these things, Alfor notices a, a little black thing trapped in a device nearby. Honerva tells him that she sent some signals into the other reality, and this came through. Nothing from their universe has survived going through the rift, but this thing came through on its own. 
Alfor is concerned, the creature reacts suddenly and calls a bunch of creatures to come through the portal. They're able to contain these creatures for a short while, but they're depending on Alfor's project to be completed in order to save them. Alfor takes the paladins to see the lions on Altea and explains that he doesn't really know what they're capable of. However, he felt a psychic link with his lion as he was working on it. Each paladin is chosen by its lion, and they head back to Dibazal. Shortly before they arrive, however, the creatures escape and combine into a mass of beasts that starts decimating Zarkon's forces. Zarkon leads the attack in the Black Lion, but these creatures are too much for the lions attacking individually. Alfor suddenly feels um, from his link with his lion that they need to fly together in formation, and Voltron is formed for the first time. Voltron battles the giant beast and eventually defeats it for um, once Alfor is shown by his lion how to create the sword. After the battle, Alfor says they must seal the rift, but Honerva refuses. Sarkon agrees with his wife. He feels there's too much to learn from the rift, and besides, now they have Voltron to defend them. Alfor says they've learned enough, and Sarkon says that he, he'll decide when enough, or when it's been enough on his planet. Despite their disagreement, the paladins continued to pile up the lions. As Voltron's legend grew, peace settled throughout the galaxy. Years later, Divazal has been having earthquakes. Alfor is concerned that the planet will tear itself apart, but Hinerva will not stop her work. She reveals that she's been treating her cat with quintessence, and that's opened up a lot more re- research. After Alfor, leave, after Alfor leaves, Hinerva collapses and starts... Um, muttering things about quintessence and Voltron going into the rift. Zarkon returns to Altea and pleads with his teammates to use Voltron to close the rift. He has ulterior motives though, and Alfor is blinded to them by his compassion. Voltron drives his sword into the rift, then falls into it. And the other paladins see Zarkon exiting, exiting his lion with Nerva. As he's doing that, the creatures attack again, the other paladins managed to grab grab Hanerva and Zarkon after fighting the attack, but both um, both of them didn't survive. The planet also doesn't survive. Alfor orders a planet-wide evacuation and destroys the destroys Dibazal to close the rift. After a, a funeral for Zarkon and Hanerva on Altea, the two are loaded onto his um, one of the Gara ships where they suddenly wake up. He discovers what happens to Zybazal and starts the war against the other paladins to get Voltron for himself. When Altea was the only planet left, the paladins did the only thing they could think of in order to keep the lions safe. They sent them to the far corners of the universe. So now the present-day paladins know the history in Zarkon's true mission to get the purest quintessence. And in, Zark- in Galra HQ, Hagar is thrown back after seeing these flashbacks for herself, and she suddenly remembers who she was. And Honerva pleads for Zarkon to come back to her. So that is the legend begins. And I thought it was a an excellent episode. We were talking before this that a lot of people are giving this episode flack for not being a good episode, but I love the lore and I mean, we've never seen Voltron's history 
like this. We we've seen various references to Voltron being created and stuff, but this goes you know, particularly with this this um this series, it goes this goes into the whole quintessence thing and the portal and the it's it's just a payoff on so many things they've set up already. And to see Zarkon as a kind of good guy, I guess he's kind of an anti-hero with, you know, you could see he's still kind of warlike. I thought this was very interesting. What what are your initial thoughts? Yeah, definitely. I, I I do think I, the biggest problem people have the episode, maybe not so much that it's, it's not great or they don't enjoy it. I think that a lot of people were put off as to why the, you know, the history of Voltron was the season finale, basically. Yeah. Uh, now I argue it's a great episode, so who cares? <laughs> but also we get we do get a cliffhanger at, hanger at the end. Zarkon does open his eyes finally after this whole season, basically in a coma or whatever it is that he was in. Mm-hmm. So you know we get some movement there, but I I see no problem with this. This this is important to the story, you know. And like you said, so many things have been set up. They covered, particularly with, the comet stuff. That- yeah. And that gives us hope for our little mystery with Shiro here that we haven't seen, we're not going to see much for, well, obviously the end of this season, nothing more comes up. Uh, Hint, hint, not much next season either. Sorry, everyone. (laughs) But they'll get to it eventually. They'll get to it when the story needs it. So, but yeah, uh, great episode. Um, Yeah, plenty of stuff to talk talk about too, but I I really did enjoy it. This is very much a middle of the season episode for yeah. a, a regular season. Yeah. Again, so this was a 13 episode season. They got the first half out so we could yeah. watch it. Nothing wrong with that. And I have, like we discussed before, the, the seven episode seasons don't think of them as an actual season. Yeah. So, I mean, the, it's not, it's not the show's fault. It's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't get hung up on it for God's sakes. <laughs> yeah. Just enjoy what you got. And you know, w- one of the things I really liked about this episode were just all the callbacks to the original go lion material. Yeah. Dibazol was the planet doom in Voltron it was Dibazol and go lion. Uh, Hagar, I think her name was Honerva in go lion. Dang. I mean, so many things that they're, they're doing there um, with, with the Galra they're they're using all these Japanese names where where they can even Shiro, yeah, uh, like Shiro Game I think was his name, in Go Lion. And now in the series we've had both Shiro and Sven, so great payoff. Although Sven's in Space Hospital right now, apparently. Well, that that's where Sven goes. I know. <laughs> um. So, um, I I love seeing that Dibazol just has such a unique look. It it's not your normal round planet. It's a more of a comet looking planet. Yeah. And, um, I, I just, I don't know so much stuff about this, particularly like the Honorva stuff, you know, you, you see her, she's an Altaian that just becomes obsessed with her work. Maybe she's being corrupted by the, you know, being so close to the portal. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, 
and then you you at the end you realize that as Hagar she like when she was kind of um reborn after dying she had lost her memories of being Onerva until you know this later point right which i thought that was a a neat um a neat character twist where when she was first revealed to be Altaian at the end of last season, you, you assume that she remembered everything, you know, previous, but you know, it turns out she didn't. Right. And I think that just makes her a more deadly, you know, enemy for them to face. Yeah. It does a lot for, for Hagar. I mean, we found out at the end of the last season that she was in fact Altaian. And now we know she was really, <laughs> she was really important to Altaian yeah. and everything going on there and with the Voltron itself. I think my favorite part of doing this, though, is they don't hit us over the head with, hey, guess who Hanerva turns into? Like, the mm. character shows up. It's the same voice actor. It's Cree Summer still doing a different voice, obviously a much more softer voice than Hagar's. Yeah. And Neil Kaplan is doing a how close does, how close is his Zarkon to R.I.D. Optimus Prime in this? Is oh, there... it, it... I'll need to listen to it again. Yeah, I, I don't think it. I don't think it's that close. Well, it's closer to that than it is Zarkon, at least. Well, yeah, yeah. Sure. I mean, it's a a friendlier Zarkon voice. Yeah, exactly. But. Just knowing it's Neil Kaplan, you think, ah, now, now, mm-hmm. now I feel a little fire convoy here. <laughs> so, yeah, in the already Optimus Prime is more of a a gung ho type of yeah character. Sure. So, and then we get the we get uh, Nardi's cat, whatever its name is. They say it in the show, but we didn't category we didn't cat- catalog it for the for this episode. Um, so that's a nice catalog time. it. Yeah. That's a, that's a four letter word right there, Scrabble baby. Um, so and we've seen that cat with Nardi. We know that it has a connection with Nardi. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have any kind of connection with Hagar. It maybe was we'll kind see. of it was kind of interesting seeing Zarkon was terrified of the cat. <laughs> he really was too. Uh, uh, apparently, Hanerva's charms were enough for him to overcome that. Yeah, he. His first meeting with Hanerva is he sees her and then the cat scares him, but he's got the he's got like this combination of oh she's attractive oh I don't like this creature I have to go now and it's just and she's like no this didn't come from the portal <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> um we get to see the other three paladins we can't forget them um I thought they were great mm-hmm. uh I'm not sure I saw that Chris Catan was in the voice voice credits so i'm not sure if he does one of the other paladins or for all we know he's, look at that for all we know he's the cat i don't know <laughs> <laughs> chris katana could probably do a pretty uh convincing cat yeah um so that was nice <clears throat> but yeah we get just having the history and we see the dichotomy of how it works like um you know zarkon has to to save him early in the episode because he you know, he goes into a battle. He underestimates just how much, how many fo- forces there are to take on Prince Alfor. Sorry, mm-hmm. he underestimates how many forces there are, and then Zarkon and the rest of the Paladins show up to, you know, bail him out basically. So it's a nice yeah. little dynamic. You do see how, you know, Zarkon is much more warlike. So there is a bit more of a, 
you know, there's a line where the servants can't fraternize with the paladins because, you know, the serving class. So there's there's basically servitude and slavery in Zarkon's planet, but but Zarkon still is a good guy, but there's still a little bit of what could turn him into what he becomes. Like I said, he's kind of like an anti-hero. He, very much. He he's I mean, the he's he, the de- he's like that part of the spectrum. Yeah, he's the Deadpool of uh, Paladins of Ultron. Not not really, not anymore at least. No, <laughs> he's the Punisher. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So, just all kind. Of, sure, it's not your regular cliffhanger for. Yeah, but it's not really. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's not your regular season finale cliffhanger type show, but it's well written and it gives us a lot yeah. of background and. Um, I think it's going to end up being one of the more important episodes. Yes, I'm pretty sure it will. <laughs> yeah. One thing that I thought was interesting was though, um, you see, you know, after the lions sep- you know, go to, into hiding, Koran tells how Zarkon killed Alfor after the castle ship has, has escaped. So I'm guessing, you know, we know Allura was kind of tricked by Alfor to go into stasis. Yeah. But I'm guessing Koran stuck around for a little while to get the, the ship out of the way. And then he went into stasis himself. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we actually see Koran like younger Koran. We see princess, uh, Allura, baby Allura. Yeah. With her, with her awesome with, helmet. With that was Lotor's helmet from original Voltron. I knew that looked familiar. Yeah, that w- that was a nice little touch there. Yep. And Olora looks just like her mother because in that first scene when yep. they were having dinner, I was like, "Wait, is that Olora?" And <laughs> then I realized, right? Which makes sense. So, yeah, yeah, and lot, lots, of, lots, lots of nice little Easter eggs, especially the whole. I completely, I knew that helmet meant something. I knew I'd seen it before, but yeah. Very nice. So, yeah, well, yeah. just, you know, the regular stuff they do. Yeah. And one, one last question this brings up is, who is Lotor's mother? Is it Hagar? Or uh, is it someone else? I think it's Hagar. And I think that there's a very strained relationship there, as yeah. was uh, alluded to two episodes ago, when Hagar has Lotor followed. Mm-hmm. And Lotor doesn't like that too much and rips the guy apart, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I am, I fully believe that Lotor is, uh, Hagar's son. Yeah. So, but does he know? And she obviously didn't, I mean, did, did she have him before the whole Nerva dying, going, turning into Hagar? Well, I'm, I'm guessing yeah. she did because she didn't real Hagar didn't realize that Zarkon was her husband. Yeah. Huh. So I mean, there's just a yeah. lot of questions there that I'm waiting to see answered. Yeah, I just assumed it was after, but now that you mentioned that it would make more sense for it to be beforehand. I'm not thinking that Hagar would be one to want to get it on. <laughs> well, hey, they're both they're, they're both. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> They're both uh, freaky on quintessence, so who knows? Oh, yeah. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> but, but no, it, anyway. it makes more sense the way you're saying it, for sure. And 
you know, Quran points out when Alora was born, there's really no reason for him to point out when Lotor was born because that doesn't really do anything for the story. So, well, and Quran may not have even known about oh, Lotor. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, for all we know, for all they know, Lotor. Yeah, that's true. That was ten thousand years. Wait, oh, that's a good point. This all happened a long time ago, right? Hmm. I mean, I wouldn't put it past his Archon to keep a son hidden, right? And not tell the paladins everything. Yeah. So how's he been alive this whole time? Well, he's been off in hiding. Yeah, but wasn't the wasn't Alora and Quran asleep for ten thousand years? Yeah. That's a that's a long time for a son to be alive. <laughs> well, quintessence experiments. Yeah. They they set it up the cat. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Everything in the show is connected. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to argue that for a second. We need a cork board with strings and stuff. Pepe Silva. Pepe Silva. <laughs> All right. We're getting to Pepe Silva references. <laughs> Off no the rails. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, I think that that'll wrap up this episode and this season of Voltron. So uh, we will, I guess, see you next time when we start on season four another seven episode season yeah i think we're going to uh actually no it's only six episode season oh six okay yeah we're gonna make it a we're gonna make it a point to try not to have another little hiatus here so we'll see what we can do again it's our schedules we can't go <clears throat> crazy and stuff but if we can... holidays are coming up so yeah so it, it would actually behoove us to get this recorded as quickly as possible yeah. in the next couple episodes so we'll see but okay yeah all right. Well, thanks everyone for watching. And as always, please leave us feedback. All the information is in the show notes and um, we will talk to you guys next time. Bye everyone. Bye. Bye.